Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Relic, a classy paintball podcast. I'm your host, Tori Schramm. In this episode, we talk to Nick Wyrick of Tim and Effect and Thunder Horse and a whole slur or slew of other teams rather. And uh, hope you enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Relic, a classic paintball podcast. I'm your host, Tori Shrum. Uh, welcome to the show. Today with me, I have Nick Wyrick and uh, from teams like Timid Effect and now Thunder Horse, a little bit of Detroit Fusion, uh, some others here and there, uh, but we'll get into that as we go on. How you doing, man? I'm great. How are you? I'm uh, been a long week, but uh, I'm glad it's over. <laughs> it's yeah, it's nice to uh, nice to end a week on a podcast talking about paintball on a Friday night. Um, yeah, I'm ready for the warm weather. I'm ready to get back to playing. I haven't I live in Columbus, so the Ohio weather is just crazy. It was 60 degrees yesterday, and now it's like 15. Oh, jeez! So and now it's ice, and it's just it's awful. <laughs> yeah, Carl always talks about the like the weather there and how it's just not at all conducive to playing paintball in the winter. No, no, not in the winter. Not at all. Yeah. I'm, I'm a sucker. I, I can't handle the cold. I'm always cold. So. I get it. It's part of, part of that lake effect stuff up there, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. Okay. So leading into that, uh, tell us where you're from. Man, I'm uh, from Columbus, Ohio. I've been here about 10 years doesn't seem like 10 years i'm an ohio boy um born and raised in ohio i grew up about an hour and a half north of columbus moved all around ohio went to school in bowling green which is up north northwest toledo area um it's basically michigan i spent a lot of time playing paintball up in michigan so i kind of wanted to move closer when i was picking in college to michigan so i could continue playing in michigan back when i started playing competitively michigan was kind of the place to be that was where all the talent was so i kind of moved around accordingly to where i could play that's what you got to do sometimes oh yeah oh yeah i know uh that's where i met uh, a lot of the guys like caesar pizzo and you know he ran detroit fusion up there uh tipman effect was out of uh toledo ohio eric garbers were in that um came in so all the all the talent was up there and that's where all the money was um you know paintball is expensive so when you're young, you got to kind of find the, the ticket to ride, you know. Uh, back then, it was uh, a lot more sponsorship money in the game. So you find teams like Titman. And, yeah, I mean, you got to shoot Titman, but you get to play for free, you know. <laughs> you can't beat that. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a good ride for kids that are, that are young enough to understand the opportunity it brings. Yeah, and, like, when I started playing with Titman, I was still in high school. I couldn't even drive, so – like my parents were driving me two and a half hours up to Toledo indoor to play for practice every weekend. They didn't like that, but they saw the opportunity that I got, you know, they're flying me around all over the country. We'd fly out and practice aftershock. And we'd take a skid of paint with us. Can you imagine taking a skid of paint to practice? <laughs> it doesn't happen anymore. Jeez. Okay. So uh, we'll, we'll go off. Uh, we'll go off of that. Uh, when did, when did you start playing? What year? Oh man. I think I started in, well, I, I first found paintball. Um, my cousins were playing across the street in their woods. They had a couple of splat masters. This had to have been 93, 94. I was small. You know, I was like seven years old. I just saw them there playing. Um, 
but I loved it. You know, I saw that. Um, they were quite a bit older than me, and I kind of idolized them. And they let me shoot it, and I loved it. You know, I had always shot guns with my dad. And we were pretty outdoorsy. Um, so I kind of I begged for one. He got me one. It just sat for, for years. You know, it was just something I take out back and shot trees with, you know, or take it down to the creek and shoot it into the water. It's always fun shooting in the water. Big, big waves coming up, like explosions, you know. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't really start playing until um, my cousins on my mother's side, um, they were actually making a film for like school. They were in high school. They were making a Vietnam War reenactment field. They needed someone to play the Viet Cong. And, you know, I'm 10 years old. I'm, I'm still short, but back then I was like four feet tall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they, they wanted some little guys and they were kids too. So they wanted to look bigger than the little guys, you know. Um, so they kind of recruited me. My mom wasn't real happy about that, but she let me go, thankfully. Um, yeah, man, we went out there and we played big field. Um, we actually played in a junkyard that day. Um, it, yeah, man, it was a lot of fun. Uh, one of my cousin's friends let me use one of his guns. And you just get hooked. You, you know, everyone has the same story. You, you play that first time, you taste a little blood, you get beat up, you get beat to shit, you know. Um, I think we're kind of missing that now. Um, everyone's, I mean, everyone you talk to that plays competitive paintball, they all have the same story about going out and getting their shit kicked in the first time they play. You know, and now we're not doing that anymore. Maybe we are. I just haven't been on the other end. Um, yeah, man, that's kind of how I got started. And then uh, it kind of just fishtailed from there. You know, uh, there was a, a local field called Mohawk Paintball right by my house, my parents' house in Mansfield, Ohio. And it was this ex to this day, it might be the best woods field I've ever played. It was pretty large. I mean, you couldn't play a 10 man tournament on it. It was just a full open field. But in the middle of it, there was a, uh, like a big ravine. And man, me being a young kid running up and down this ravine, it didn't phase me at all. But back then it was old dudes that played, you know? <laughs> so like they're running up and down these hills and they can't do it. So I, I got into my head that I was kind of good, you know, but it was just, I had little kid endurance. <laughs> no wonder, no wonder maybe that, uh, that trench field in Maryland had a little bit of nostalgia for you. I think that was my favorite field there. I'm, I heard I'm a lot of people. Liked it. <laughs> yeah. Everybody hated it. I loved it. It had some mounds which I used to hate and now I love a little bit of bump. Yeah, man. It, it just had a little bit of everything. I really liked it. Yes. Yeah, so you played Maryland. Who'd you play with? Uh, tantrum. Tantrum. Yeah. I see those are your ride or die guys. Yeah. Yeah. They just, uh, that's a long story for another time, but, uh, been friends with those guys for probably since like 99, 2000, probably <laughs> 2000, 2001. So we've been friends for a long time and, I took a, I took probably like a 15, 16 year break. So it was pretty crazy for me when I came back and I was like, where's smart parts? Like, where's, why is yeah. anyone wearing JTs? Like, what is going on? Like, I don't recognize any of this. Why are the guns yeah, shooting so slow? I didn't understand any of it. Uh, yeah. There, it's, there's been definitely been some changes I didn't like. <laughs> Isn't it crazy though? Your paintball friends are probably your oldest friends. They are. They are. So I, the reason I took a 16 year break is I joined the Navy in uh, 2005 and 
everybody hears this on the podcast probably every time whenever I talk about friends, but like they're the only friends, the paintball friends I have are the only friends that even come close <clears throat> to my military buddies. Or actually, that's actually the other way around. Military buddies are pretty good, but uh, they're the closest friends I have to like my paintball friends, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's crazy. I, I mean, back to back to the story. You know, I started playing at that field, Mohawk paintball. That's where I met Jesse Shaw. He's my wingman. I, I've literally been playing with him since we were 12 years old. He's like my best friend. <laughs> you know, and it's weird. Like I'm like a socially awkward guy because I have nothing in common with everybody else. You know, they're all in football and basketball and golf. Like, no, I mean, I don't like that stuff. I like paintball. You can't relate that to the normal person, you know? Yeah. Unless it's somebody else you've been playing with, for sure. All right. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things, you know, my oldest and best friends are all paintball friends. They're the only people I really keep in contact with. I have a small group of friends that I went to school with, but aside from like our experiences together, we don't really have a lot in common, you know? Yeah, it's, uh, I've only got, I've only got maybe like a handful of people from high school I even still talk to. Yeah. Yeah, what I mean, you're not the same people that were then, you know. You're not. To you're to be fair, I've got a one of my friends from high school. He's got uh, triplets plus one, and he, oh. and he was he was in the military. I have triplets plus one, and I was in the military, so I'm triplets. literally like the only friend he has that can that can talk about anything with him. But uh, I mean, I have of, one. I couldn't imagine having triplets. That's crazy. You do the same thing you do when you have one. You just rise to the occasion. Oh. Yeah, and we were fortunate. We had a good, a good pregnancy. A good, um, you know, my son was a very good baby. He slept for like sixteen hours a night, every nice. night. Nice. I know. Can you believe that? And they always say <laughs> your second one is the bad one, so I'm just yeah. kind of avoiding the second one. Oh <laughs> man. That. My poor wife. We had we had the triplets, and then probably eight weeks later, my command sends me on like a three month detachment to oh, virginia no. beach in a hotel like on the beach while we're doing like a three-month test and my wife was not excited about it to say the least <laughs> i don't blame her man that's a lot of work what a trooper what a trooper she oh is. yeah they were <laughs> sleeping through the night by the time i came home i was spoiled man <laughs> yeah 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 man that's awesome um, all right man back to the sport uh let's hear the roster man let's uh what teams have you been on how what did you, you start so, with how'd you start playing competitively and then from there I got a good story about my first tournament. So my first tournament was actually a young guns tournament. It was three on three. And like I mentioned earlier, I had met Jesse Shaw at the paintball field. He's like a year older than me. Um, so we were like, I was 12. I think he was 13. And then my cousin, Ben Ramsey, he's the one that dragged me along um, to go play with him that first time. So he was playing there. We were, they were better than me in the beginning. You know, they were definitely better than me. They're a little bit older than me and bodies have matured a little bit more, but we were, beat the snot out of all these old guys at the field. Um, and then my dad actually found a field up towards Lake Erie. Um, it's called Great Lakes Paintball. And they had a three-man young guns tournament. So, you know, that, I didn't even know they had tournaments. You know, I'd seen magazines and stuff, but I didn't think, like, these tournaments were accessible to me in Ohio. You know, this podunk town, Ashland, Ohio. Um, so we drove up there. You know, we're thinking, we beat the snot out of all these old dudes. Let's go beat the snot out of some of these kids um we show up how'd that work out for you <laughs> we actually we actually won the tournament oh but, my god wow um when we got there uh yeah so there was one other good team there we beat the, we beat up basically everybody else but the other team was cody schmick drew hire and tony bankers um 
people don't know that Cody Schmidt played with Vicious, um, Dynasty, um, Drew Hire played with Infamous, Vicious, Dynasty Entourage. So like, you know, you don't show up to your first Young Guns tournament and then there's like four future pros, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, it's funny, but uh, but yeah, and actually that that field owner Jim Colvin, bless him, he's the best. Uh, he he kind of mm, losing you a little bit, buddy. You know, so young, kind of called tournaments. Um, um, so then we started playing this league called the OPPL, just this amateur five-man league. Um, did uh, I think back then it was like novice, rookie, amateur A and amateur B. So we started in the novice division. Rookie was three-man. The other divisions were all five-man. We wanted to play five-man. Um, did well. I think we lost more than we – or we won more than we lost, which is pretty good for a group of kids, you know. Yeah. Um, then the uh, Drew and Cody – were just kind of so much better. I mean, these kids were elite from the get, you know, especially Cody. Cody, I think Cody was at his prime was probably one of the best players in the world. Um, he went on, they, they both went on, they found Eric Garbers at Toledo Indoor Paintball. And that's the guy that runs Tipman Effect. Um, and, you know, they went out there for a while. Eventually, just by being there, I think they made the team. And, you know, you see, you see kids putting in the work people want to help those kids. You know, if you've got the right attitude, um, you're put, like I said, you're putting in the work, you're dealing with all the bullshit that the, the older guys are giving you. Um, they'll help you. And I think that's what they did. And they picked up Cody and drew. Um, then, so Cody and drew are off playing national tournaments, you know, and back then it was, I think when they got on, it was before the league split. So it was just NPPL, I think. Um, and it was 10 man. So they're playing on the 10 man team. I, I want to say they're, they're the amateur division. I don't think Titman went pro until seven man in 2005. I think, I don't know. It's so long ago, 2005. You know, when I, when I think about this, it doesn't seem like 18 years ago, but it doesn't seem like it was that long ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but it was, you know, um, school injury went that route. Jesse being the stubborn guy, he went, he's like, they're not leaving me behind. I'm going. So then Jesse went, and then I was kind of left there by myself. We rebuilt the team that we had around with like the Great Lakes talent. But by then I was the best guy on the team and I was kind of, I wasn't learning anymore. So I had to follow suit, you know, and those guys were always better than me when I was young. I was, I was real small. They're all older than me. Um, so I followed suit. Jesse got me on the team. I probably wasn't ready to be on the team, but I just showed, like I said, man, I was just there every practice. You know, Jesse would come pick me up, take me there. And I just beg for points, you know, and I remember uh, for 2000 and, you know, my first for my first World Cup was 2002, 10 man novice division with Lake Effect. It was a bunch of former Tipman players that didn't want to play with Tipman anymore. They're kind of older and weren't as good. Um, and then I think two, 2003 was my first tournament with Tipman. I played the X-Ball. It was right when X-Ball started. It was the first year of X-Ball. You can imagine playing X-Ball with a Model 98. <laughs> Especially in 2003. Um, 2003 was like, 
you figure you got the the Jenny Matrix and the Intimidators are out. Um, and the coach or the captain, Bill Ayers, he wouldn't let me have an e-bolt. An e-bolt was the little electronic piece you put on, made it so you could shoot maybe seven balls a second rather than four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, and, and when you put those on there, they became such gas hogs, you might have been able to get two pods out of it. <laughs> I remember I went to World Cup in 99, and on the wooded field, there was a stretch where it was like, a bunch of bamboo next to the palmetto, but the way that it stood, it had like a curvature to it. And so all the tip and effect guys would run out to the corner, turn their flat line sideways and just let it rip. And these balls <laughs> would like come around like this, this bamboo. Yeah. And so like dudes in the middle of the field are like, where is that coming from? And I mean, this is like tip and effect when everybody's still rocking. Like um, uh, what were the Scott goggles called? I forgot, but um, yeah, it was exactly pretty what you're talking about. Yeah. But they had figured out that like they could turn it, like angle it, and just like bring them into the woods and never have to worry about anybody shooting out. Who thought about that? Who thought let's put a curve into this barrel and it'll shoot farther? <laughs> I don't know, but for a little while they were selling like gangbusters, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did. I mean, they worked too, you know. And it was weird because when you put it on, the shot was like it would go out and like get down and then go back up. It was it was so weird. I wish they could just get like a picture, like a video of everyone's face the first time because everybody's like, all right, let me try it. And just a video of everyone's face the first time they shot it. Like when the ball goes out and it climbs and everybody has the same expression on their face. Like, holy shit. Like it just, they're watching yeah. a UFO. Like they just don't even know what to say. But um, I know. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, you're, so you're, you're playing the five man. And, uh, did we? I'm sorry. I'm trying to keep up here. Did we talk about you getting on to Minifact effect or just getting up to that point? Yeah, so we're just getting up to that point. So yeah, that was uh, 2003. I started playing with Tim and effect, um, and this was kind of my first my first experience with like the PSP and X ball. You know, I had we had played the IAO and also at Madness a lot. We actually won the Young Guns at IAO, so that, I guess oh. that would have been my first national tournament. Ultimate Madness. I haven't heard that in a while. Oh man, Ultimate Madness was the shit. Three I wish. Man, what was it? Three man in the indoor, just insanity. Yep. Yeah, and the fields were like the size of my garage. <laughs> yeah, and just everybody shooting like fifteen balls a second, like yeah. no safety whatsoever. Oh, I know. Good time to be alive. It was cool, man. Yeah, and I remember it being like some huge convention center. I, I think uh, the Smoke Boys ran that. I think it was Anthony and his dad and his brother. I wish, man. I, I just played a three-man tournament this weekend up in Detroit Action. It seemed like a similar size field. It was probably a little bit bigger. It was probably the perfect size field for a three-man tournament. But, gosh, dude, I love three-man paintball. And to have, like, a national tournament like that again, I would love that. I hate to admit how much I like playing three man when I get a chance to do it. So fun. It's so so I've got to, whenever I do it, I've got to go all the way down to North Carolina. I live in Southern Maryland, which is, if you look at a map, there's like DC and then you've got, there's like a peninsula that runs all the way down and you've got to follow that peninsula all the way down to get to where I live. So in order to go anywhere, you've got to drive off the peninsula just to get to a bridge. And so it's usually like a four hour drive for me to get back down to North Carolina, but uh, it's, three man to me is just so much fun you just i've got to have the time to do it and obviously uh, a little short on that these days but uh whenever i do get a chance to play it's it's the thing i like about it is once you get like one kill 
it completely changes the dynamic of the game like that. It's crazy. Yep. yep. Yeah. Dude, that's, that's, that's like your game plan. Get that first kill and then yeah. game over. Right. It should one, be. Yeah. It should be one way or the other, but uh, like I, uh, my first tournament back, I've taken like a 16 year break. I, I played a three man with, with the guys and uh, we had, I was like three on three. We lost the guys. So went two on three and I ended up shooting the other three by myself. Well, the other uh, guy was, yeah, yeah. So whenever my friend's like, oh, we don't know. We're just going to let you try this out. We don't want you back on the team because you haven't played in such a long time. I came off the field and the guy's like, welcome back to the team, you know. But um, it was still a good time. But, yeah, three-man is way That's more funny. fun than it should be. No, all paintball is fun, man. I love it. I mean, I'll play I play big games every once in a while. I'll play rec play. I'll play X-Ball. I'll play seven-man. I'll play ten-man. Dude, I love it all. And people that don't love it all, you're dumb. <laughs> so I shoot, I shoot almost exclusively, like, Eclipse stuff just because I need my gun to work when I need it to work. I would love to shoot a cocker. I don't have the time to tinker with it. Um, nope. I've got a beef with some companies out there. I'll leave that alone. But I like Eclipse. I've always liked Eclipse. But I got, and being a Tipman guy, you'll appreciate this. I got a crossover the other day. I got one. <laughs> and I was like, I hate how much fun this gun feels like it probably is to shoot. Either mechanical or electronic. How cool is the electronic mechanical? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it, it sucks that yeah, you man, can't just like, it sucks you can't just throw the switch and like take it to ICC and play with it because of the rules about like how the trigger guard works and stuff like that. But when I got that well, thing for dude, are you um, what's I'm up? pretty sure you could use that and I'm pretty sure you could use that in mechanical mode on ICC. I think it has to do because, with how it, how it activates the sear. Yeah, because it operates very similarly to a mag. So you're allowed to have an, a, a double trigger on a mag because it hits that sear. And if you look inside of a crossover, it's got a sear in it. You're not activating a mechanical three-way dude i think it's legal i've actually used one at, at a mechanical tournament it was a small one yeah try it i mean and who's gonna bitch if you're using the tipman you know like come on man it's a tipman. Yeah. leave me alone be the guy that complains about me using the tipman right i got one for next to nothing the other day and i was like this thing is i hate to admit how much fun this thing is to mess with um yeah yeah i mean that's they're cool. They had their flaws, but they're they're definitely better than Model ninety eight. Um, jump back into the story. We'll we'll skip a couple couple steps, but uh, we actually I quit Tipman Effect in two thousand five. <clears throat> Went to go play with Fusion. Um, that same year, Eric Garber's offered Fusion a uh, lump sum of money to play seven man as Tipman Effect. So right as I'm getting out, I get pulled back in. So I've kind of been a part of a lot of Tipman Effect reincarnations. And then back in 2013, I had taken a little break. Um, you know, paintball is like that eternal boomerang. You throw that boomerang out, get out. Just as you think you're getting out, you're like, man, I'm bored. Let's go do something. You can go oh, play yeah. rec ball. And yep. You get sucked right back in. You get sucked your, right back in. So that's all your what friends are posting pictures on Facebook about how much fun <laughs> you're having playing tournaments. And you're like, I want to be yeah, back man. in that. And there you are. Yep. Dude, for sure. Yeah. And it's, it's I don't know. It's great. I'm, I'm glad I've, I haven't really had too many breaks that have been that long, but uh, I actually brought back Tipman Effect in 2013. We went on quite a tear that year. That was the year that we, they were bringing up the crossover. Um, they said, you know, you know, and when I said we were going on a tear, I was like, 
I mean, we were going on a tear. We were winning every tournament we played. We played the MSXL, which is a like a regional league. Um, Mid-South. Throughout Mid-South Ohio. Paintball. Yep, Mid-South Paintball. Dude, we beat the shit out of everybody. We came in there after not playing for, I don't know, two, two years, and we won every event. And we got free entry into cup. So we took that in the cup. And I think we got eighth at cup. Or no, fifth at cup you know, after not playing forever. Um, so that was good. And then I kind of like, man. And after that, you know, I wasn't a young man anymore. I was on my own done with school. I didn't have mommy and daddy to pay my bills anymore, you know? So I'm like, uncle Garbers, I have this winning team. You have this new gun. Let's make the team again. So uncle Garbers, you know, I have a good rapport with him. I think so highly. I mean, he's one of the greatest men I've ever met in my life, especially for paintball. Um, he gave us some money, he gave us some guns, and we brought the team back. And that year we took, I think we started in Division Two. We took a third. Division, that was the last year of NPPL. Division Two was like non-existent. No one wanted to play it. So we were like, well, we're not bumping back down to D3. That's dumb. We bumped up back up to D1, um, which is what, what I played with Fusion and Titman back in 2005. Um, so then that first tournament, we took fourth, which was crazy. Um, and then we took... No. Then we took third. No. That year, I think we took. Oh my gosh. So yeah, the first event was in D2. We took second. The second event was in D1. We took fourth. The third event was in D1. We took second. And then the fourth one was in Las Vegas and we won that bitch. So that year I took a team of dudes that didn't really play to a winning division one team. And it was awesome. It was one of the greatest years of my life. And that was probably the funnest format I ever played. It was essentially seven-man X-Ball. It was seven-on-seven, obviously, and it was a race to five. Race to five, seven-on-seven? Race to five, seven-on-seven. I think you had – it was split deck, though. It was the first time I had seen split deck, so it wasn't real X-Ball. You know, real X-Ball, you get two minutes in between every point. It's much more difficult to play point after point after point after point which is kind of what we did on fusion and back, you know, back then I was still a young man. I didn't care. I could play every point. Um, but yeah, back when I played division one with fusion in 2005, it was two 20 minute halves, 15 balls a second ramping two minutes in between each point. Dude, I think we had like 15 guys on the roster. We had three solid lines because these guys couldn't play that much. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember like when it started, like all the teams had like, 10 15 sometimes 20 dudes on the roster just throwing just like the smallest fastest dudes they could out there with the highest ramping guns they could get i remember that that's how i got in man that's the only reason i got in i was like you know <laughs> when i got on fusion there was guys like craig doherty and grant butler uh nick napolitano chad hightal like these dudes all went on to play with like philly aftershock these are like solid grade a players um i wasn't as good as they were i was just small and fast as fuck when i showed up to that tryout um i ran in snake off the break shooting every game you know i I just came off from shooting a titman i'm like i'm sick of shooting this titman so then i had a dm4 which is what fusion shot um i couldn't miss man you know i'm shooting six balls a second with that manual mechanical 98 and i got a dm4 that's shooting 15 a second ramping dude go out Go out and 
try that. Just do play with a Tidman for an hour and then go play with a ramping gun. Like you can't miss. It's crazy. What's, what's funny to me is like what a DM4 is now compared to everything else. And like at the time that it came out, like it was like the greatest thing ever. But the thing is like as tall as a sail now compared to like what we're used to using. <laughs> And but I mean the thing about I mean the DMs even and even the Jennies like they were just so so accurate. They were so accurate. Yeah, I still like my matrices. I got one right up here. The D, I got an M2. Yep, we'll get into um, that conversation here in a second. I can't, <laughs> I can't stop looking at that background for a couple times. I like guns. Uh, I can see that. Yeah, man. <laughs> all, I, all I can afford is jerseys and half of them were mine. And I got them dirt cheap. So well, like so, like you look at this and like this is like a down payment for a house, right? But. I've been playing for 30 years almost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it adds up after a while. I haven't sold stuff like this. I bought that in the 90s. I've, I've had that since the 90s. So like, <laughs> it's not like I'm buying this shit off. Yep. It's, uh, that's another conversation entirely as far as being able to get your hands on old stuff. Um, was going somewhere with this. The train of thought doesn't have a good boost. Uh, so how did uh, so this is all Tipman? We talked about Tipman. We talked about Detroit Fusion. Uh, let's talk about Thunder Horse, man. Yeah, how did Thunder that get started? Because I thoroughly enjoy watching that team play. We're good, man. I can't believe how good we are. <laughs> and humble too. <laughs> no, that's right. Um, well, it's just crazy for the for. I'm just so proud of my guys. Um, about. I think the first year Thunder Horse, I was getting really distraught because we were playing X Ball, we were playing the MSXL again, and we weren't doing very well. Um, we were still placing fourth, third, second, but we weren't winning every event. And I don't like not winning, especially regional events like that. You know, I don't mind not winning national events, but we we've been playing for too long, and we put in too much work to not win regional events. Um, and uh, so we go on and play. Jesse, it was actually Jesse's idea. He's like, I want to play 10-man, 10-man. This He played a, uh, an event with Fight Club, I believe. Um, he said it was the funnest. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> he, he said it was the funnest thing he'd ever done. I'm like, you're you're stupid. I don't want to sh- – I shot a Titman for 10 years. I don't want to shoot a fucking mechanical gun. You know, <laughs> I want to shoot a sweet gun. I like guns, <laughs> you know. Um, but, he, you know, he's very persuasive. He's a salesman. So he kind of sold me on the idea. And I went, my first mechanical tournament was a, uh, it was at uh, Pinnacle Woods. It was the UAPW, Pinnacle Woods teams up with Urban Assault. Urban Assault is where the Iron City is mm-hmm. held. Yep. Um, and they do a like a five-man at Pinnacle and then do a five-man at Urban. It's just like a little league. Mm-hmm. Um, we go up there and I'm playing with Danny Manning. Danny. Danny, Danny. Manning. One of my favorite fucking people now. That was the first time I met him. He's literally one of my favorite people now. Um, yeah, the voice of paintball, the original voice of paintball. I got so I'm not him. I'm not trying to to toot any horns, but it is a pretty funny story that I happened to move to North Carolina in 1997, right about the time that Jeff Gallatin, Danny Manning, all like Rob Sodinger, like all those dudes are really getting mm-hmm. spooled up, and we all worked together. At, we either worked together or played together in the same local area. So I've I've listened to Danny talk talk about stories about shit that he did with his motorcycles years ago and things like that. I remembered every time that 
uh, not Planet Eclipse at the time, but Paintball Planet at the time would come out with like something new, like Danny had it. Like he was the first guy I ever saw that had a planet or a, a Paintball Planet Angel. First guy I ever saw to have a 45, 45 peanut tank. Like yeah. the dude, like if it was brand new, Danny had to have it at the time. But dude, I, man, he's I, a I real, yeah, man, he's a real OG. You know, he's, been, he's a solid guy. He gets, he, he's kind of scary. You know, I don't want to play against him. <laughs> We put yeah. as Southern Horse, you know, Brimstone's almost our practice partners. Um, they've got a bunch of guys in Southern Ohio, and I'm, I'm dear friends with all of them. So we practice them a lot. It's not fun playing against Danny. He's got a temper and he's scary. You know, he'll fucking, really he never know. gets to me. He never gets into my face because he I knows really I love him dearly. Yeah. But oh my God, I thought he was going to stab Jesse at Chicago last year. And I was truly scared. I was like, Jesse, you got to pack up and leave or he's going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the story. Um, yeah, so that's where I met Danny. We're playing with Colby Gallagher from Bad Company. Troy Radcliffe, which is uh, one of my teammates now. He played for Lockdown back when Lockdown was the shit. Um, and lockdown then or Lockout? Lockout, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right, Lockout. No, it's fine. I'm just asking because there was a <laughs> Lockdown for a little while, but yep. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Lockout fanboy. I, I like yep. the, the grungiest dudes you'd ever seen go out there and just crush dudes left and right and all they were wearing was Dude. like black long sleeve tees and whatever the hell they felt like shooting at, at some point it turned into free flow, but still. And Troy. Yeah. So it was Troy Radcliffe. He, you, you'd look at him and he's like an old man. Um, but he brings an aspect to the team that I didn't have. I will, I don't, every tournament I give a guy an MVP, Troy was right up there in the running with my MVP for the last tournament we played. Not, I mean, he played excellent. He played lights out. I don't think he got shot the whole event. Um, but mostly for how he taught us how to walk the field. Walking a 10-man field is fucking hard. He, we were out there for like 10 hours, and it was terrible. But we didn't lose a game that event, you know? So it obviously worked. <laughs> um, I've, I've, I unfortunately do not spend enough time walking, or either do not spend enough time walking 10-man fields or don't have enough support from the team that I'm with at the time to walk a 10-man field properly. But uh, you're right. Like, yeah. Walking, walking the field is one million percent like the the number one thing that starts it off the right way. Yeah, man, you have to. We like I said, we spent ten hours, and he Troy made every one of us walk to every single position on that field, and then we decided where we wanted to strategically place people. He made everyone walk that position again, and then talk about it. So, dude, we were, like I said, we were there for ten hours. It was terrible, <laughs> but that's what you have to do if you want to win. I mean. Not everyone goes to a tournament to win, um, and that's fine. Playing paintball is just fun. You don't have to want to win. It's fun just playing. You know, like that three-man I played this weekend. We got second place. Actually, Thunder Horse put in three teams. It was three three-man teams. Uh, we got first, second, and third. <laughs> I actually um, – I lost a one-on-one in the finals to one of my teammates, and I had to drive home with that son of a bitch and listen to him talk shit to me the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. But he had a good shot. I still think he cheated me, but whatever. Um, but, you know, we went into that. It's a three, man. We don't care. We just had fun, and we just ended up winning. Um, it's it's part of – I've been I've been hearing a lot of aspects lately. I may or may not agree with them. I actually agree with them uh, about just, <laughs> like, how three-man and ten-man and old-school five-man, like, how that actually is a lot more fun to play than just oh, yeah. point after point after point after point next ball. <clears throat> 
and that's do anymore, man. I will say any day of the week. I'm not taking away from like the Marcellos out there. I'm not taking away from uh, like any early Ryan Greenspans, the guys that, well, Ryan's just the goat, but that's a different story. Uh, but just the people that just put in work physically with the industry, things like that. Like if they do great at X-Ball and I'm happy for them, you know, they deserve every bit of success they have. Fat dudes like me, like we can't be, <laughs> we can't be doing that yeah. anymore. You know, it just yeah. takes so much. It has to be your life and they make yeah. it work and good for them. And they de- deserve to be successful like they are. But for some of us like playing 10 man and stuff like that, like there's a reason I play 10 man is because it's what I can yeah. afford and what my body can handle. Yeah. And those dudes are true professionals. You know, they are. One million fit. percent. Yeah. Their sure. paintball IQ is way beyond anything I can ever dream of. Um, you know, their gun skills are their Paintball has reached, I mean, I don't want to ever say the pinnacle, but players are better than they've ever been, especially at that pro league. I mean, yeah, it's tough to. It is. Yeah. And like, even with 10 man, I don't know. You always, people always talk about compare would Dynasty back in the day be Dynasty now. My opinion would be yes, because the play is so much harder and more technical. Like you look back at a 2005 X ball field, there's like 10 bunkers on the whole fucking field. <laughs> and all the guns are shooting 15 balls a yeah. second. Yeah. How the, how the hell did anybody make it anywhere? These guys are shooting, you know, windows this big right now and shooting two people off the break. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And then, and then like, in my opinion, I think Alex Goldman is the best player to ever play the game. But you can, so let's say he's the best thing player in the past. What before him would have been Angel Fragosa, before that would have been like Steve Rabikoff, you know, like Mouse destroys those dudes, you know. Even a, I mean, I grew up watching Angel, Angel was a savage. Alex Goldman is just a fucking freak of nature, man. He's a, <laughs> he's jacked his balls, like it's like he looks at something and shoots it, you know, he doesn't have to point it out, he just. Let's shoot over this way and I'll shoot that guy over there, you know. I, I don't <laughs> I mean, know. It's, it's like you said though, like these guys are they are true professionals, but for the rest of us uh who, who right. aren't or don't have the time, then you know. Right. But with that being said, you can go out there on a 10-man field and anybody can beat anybody on any given day. Like I'm just boasting these guys up. We beat that we beat Dynasty, we've beat all Americans, like we've beat all these good teams. Infamous is notoriously kicked the shit out of us. Um, we maxed um, Aftershock in Maryland last year. They just won the pro event. Um, we maxed Fox 4 Darkside, which was essentially um, Upton Crew. I mean, anything can happen out there, man. You know, any, uh, any given Sunday when it comes to 10-man, dude. For sure. And in an X-Ball match, the better team will always win, I think, because you're playing those repetitions, you know, over and over and over. Yeah, but yeah. 10-man, you got to win one game. Just got to do one game. Just got to do one game. <laughs> Sometimes I mean, Todd Adamson and what is it, the 1996 ESPN? Like he pulled off a dead man's walk, but he made it work. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, dude. I mean, that's which, what I, I, which I hate because Dale Price put up like such a good fight, but <laughs> it is, it is what it is. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a fan of the dead man stuff, but I, I, I appreciate that it's part of the game. I don't like it. I just, I don't know. I don't like <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day I'll do one and I'll change my tune, but. Until then, I don't like it. Yeah, some people make it work for them, you know. Um, all right, so we talked about the team stuff, uh, and I've been staring at the wall behind you. So that's going to lead into two questions that I that I sometimes ask people. Um, 
you know, we talked about being professionals. We talked about it being an expensive sport and how long it takes to get that kind of stuff, things like that. How did you make, how did you make it work? How did you pay to get, to be able to play like that? Like, did, did you have, did you go to trade school? Did you have a hustle? Did you like, what was your, what's your scheme? So this, that's a very good question. Um, and I think, you know, if you notice, you don't see a lot of younger players coming up in the pro ranks. I wholeheartedly believe that's because the industry isn't pumping money into people anymore. When I, dude, from when I was a kid, I didn't pay for shit. And I was playing 15 tournaments a year. You know, um, they don't do that anymore. You don't find that type of sponsorship. I mean, pro, t- not even all the pro teams have full rides anymore. Um, so, dude, when I was younger, I, I didn't have to. I was playing with Tittman, playing every event, you know. And then after that, I went, I, I went to college um, and I kind of, I was broke all the time. Um, that had, that was right around when 2008 happened and it was a recession. Yeah. Team, teams just weren't, or companies just weren't playing or paying for teams anymore. Um, when that happened, I was actually playing with PunishersPB.com. It was a team out of Pennsylvania. Tim Montressor coached. Um, yep. We were kind of like, I don't want to say we were a Phillies B team because we weren't, but like, that's where all the good players from punishers went you know so that's where sam came from and all those guys so that's how i made it work the old, the the old regal eagle for, yeah man for sure um <laughs> <laughs> um yeah yeah and I, I i just got lucky you know i was i was fortunate i had a fully sponsored team and i got in there young and i already had a path you know cody and drew and jesse paved my path to a free ride um after that i went and played for fusion um that was a full ride you know i didn't have to so you know there's four years when i'm a young man where i didn't have to pay for shit it was awesome um and that just doesn't happen anymore but after that um you know i was i I went to school in bowling green for electrical engineering um i uh yeah it's, it's rough um i was trying to play paintball all the time still and it was like i said it was around 2008 no one was paying and I, I was a broke ass college kid. I couldn't afford to pay to play. Um, my buddy in my, from in my real life, I, I worked with a lot of electrical engineers. So I said, Ugh. they're idiots. They're all idiots. Uh, I'm a project manager now. They're all <laughs> fucking idiots. <laughs> I know. I love them. Their job's hard. I give them, I give them a rough time. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I was a broke college kid. I, c- I couldn't make it work. Um, but my, my friend from Detroit Fusion, Jason Munson, who's still one of, he quit playing. You know, he quit playing like a year ago. He'll be back. He'll, they're always back. Um, but he would come pick me up. And, you know, we're up close to Windsor, Ontario. So we started playing with Windsor Lockdown. They played the CXBL, which um, they still did full X-ball matches. So two 20-minute halves, 15 balls per second ramping. And yep. it was a full ride. So I kind of – and, you know, it was Windsor Lockdown, but they are actually out of Toronto. So we were, dude, we were driving like eight hours every weekend just to go play paintball. It was rough. And Did you guys at least get to enjoy college. Toronto when you were there? Um, no. Oh, <laughs> you know, when you, go to a, when you go to a paintball trip, you don't really get to see the surrounding area, which is kind of unfortunate, especially yeah, when yeah. you're younger. You know, I've been to all these cool places, but I really haven't. You know, I've been um, I've been to the airport and to the field. <laughs> yeah, I love Ontario. That's why I was asking, but fair enough. Yeah, man, so I've, I've kind of always searched for the – the money i guess um up until recently you know thunder horse we have zero sponsorship we just do it all out of our pocket um 
I pay for everything. We don't get discounts or anything, but you know, I went to school. I learned, I learned a pretty good skill, electrical engineering. Um, I, while I was still in school, I started working at a panel shop, electrical control cabinets. Um, you know, I was 18 years old. Um, I wasn't, and it was funny because I was working in the panel shop and I, the stuff that they were teaching me at school, I would bring back to work. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, we haven't <laughs> done this in 20 years. So I was learning a lot of antiquated stuff. Um, but regardless, I got through it. Um, and then once I was done with school, you know, I was kind of working in a job I didn't really like. Um, I was miserable. I hadn't been really playing paintball. Um, that had been after, you know, Punishers folded after 2008. You know, Smart Parts went under. They cut funding to everybody. They even cut Philly. You know, Philly is no more because of that. Um, and paintballs like that you know that boomerang man like i keep saying you know I, I can't not play i don't care if i'm just playing big games or rec paul or um whatever it is you know I, I just like playing um so my buddy john howard from Titman, all those years ago he calls me up he's like hey man you want to go play um i know you haven't played in a while he's still cool i don't know what made him hit me up um we actually went out to this place called escape paintball in columbus ohio it was in this dude's front yard it was awesome. He didn't charge you anything. And he had cases of paint in there for like 25 bucks. It's just a true pay, paintball patron. You know, you just doing it because he loved it. It wasn't a business for him. It was just because he did it. And um, there's some pretty good talent out there. Um, it was a lot of the guys that play at level up right now. So a lot of good, good talent, you know, and that's kind of when I started getting the band, the band back together for Titman. Um <clears throat> But now, man, you know, I, I didn't play a lot of tournament ball for a long time. I kind of had to set myself up financially. You know, now I, I worked my way up from electrical technician. I was electrical engineer and becoming manager of production for all of the control manufacturing. And now I'm project manager. So, like, I've got a pretty good gig and a shit ton of vacation. I've actually got more vacation now than I can use. You know, I've always got projects. I can't miss projects. You know, these are multi-million dollar projects. I can't just not go, you know? So what happens every year, January, I put my vacation requests in and those years and we schedule our projects around my vacation, you know? So I kind of took a little bit of time after we won all that stuff with Titman in 2013 and set my, myself up. So now, I mean, I'll play whatever. I don't care. Um, I just need a lot of time and advance notice so I can put in for vacation so I don't have a project going on right now, you know? Dude, there's, <clears throat> it's because of paintball that, so I've been in aviation since I was 19, I'm 41 now, uh, and some of it had to do with um, just the people I played paintball with that I managed to get my foot in the door with some of the aviation uh, things that I've done. Yeah. But it's unfortunate that I don't know what it's like now. I'm just saying that it's unfortunate that there's not some kind of, I don't want to say mentorship. I know that sounds weird, but just there's a lot of kids that want to play, that genuinely want to play and either can't afford, or if they can't afford, then they're going to, they're going to go out there and just break their bodies and destroy themselves. And then at some point, yeah. you know, it's, it's, you're one, you're always one ACL tear away from going from pro to nothing and then having nothing yeah. to show for it after that. You know, so it's it sucks that there's not some kind of like umbrella system that we have set up for that. Like if I always have like the if I won a million dollars idea or whatever, if I did that, I would open my own CNC shop. I would make paintball shit and I would oh, yes. have I would have a 
like Dan Napoli always has always done a really good job of making videos. I would have a video that would just be uh, bringing in kids for internships so that they could get a skill while they played, if that makes sense. Yeah, man. So that if something happens, they decided, you know what, F this, I don't want to do this anymore and just roll. Then they would have like a basic CNC like certificate, which is something instead of like, you know, I listen to interviews about like A-Rod talk about like waiting tables and stuff like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. If that's what you want to do. I'm just saying like, there's just, this sport is super unforgiving when it comes to finances and it's super unforgiving as far as just like chewing people up and spitting them out like financially, socially. Cause I mean, you, you leave your family quite a bit of time. A lot of guys want to plan a oh, pro yeah. roster and they go and travel and do all this stuff and then have what to show for it. You know, you have a handful of guys that have their own signature stuff and good for them, mm-hmm. you know, but it's uh, I'll get off the soapbox, but I'm just saying like, it, it sucks that I, I feel like there's much more that we could probably offer the younger generation playing this both with games, both with gear, both with, um, you know, some kind of path or whatever, but I digress. I'll get off that soapbox. Um, I, I think this is a good point, though. I mean, let me, yeah, let me touch on that, though. You know, I, I'll hire a guy with no education, no background. I'll give this dude, you know, we, I hire guys at $25 an hour to come learn how to build control panels and set up automation systems, you know. And then from there, I mean, that's 50 grand a year for someone that knows nothing. And then, you know, I make double that now. So, like, you can go wherever you want with that. Um, opportunity is there and i think you you hit a soft spot with like the trade stuff so like we hire a lot of guys from community colleges with uh association electrical engineering these dudes don't know shit um they come in and i always tell guys you need at least four years training an engineer before you get a good engineer it's it's just not gonna work that way and before those guys become good engineers they need to learn how to build the shit that they're designing it's just that's the way it works um our senior engineer is one of the most brilliant men i've ever met he doesn't have a college degree. You, you don't need that, at least in my field. You know, it's, it's different with everything. Like, obviously, if you're going to be a, a fucking lawyer or a doctor, you probably need a, a, a degree or so, of some sort or something. But in my field, man, you really don't, especially in automation. And this, there's no skilled workers out there for what we need. Automation is taking over. People are getting more and more expensive to pay. And robots are getting cheaper and cheaper. And it's not changing. So we're getting rid of some of these shitty jobs that pay nothing. And we're replacing them with fewer good jobs. And, you know, it is what it is. There's no getting around it. It's just how the world's going to work from now on. Um, so, yeah, man, if, I swear, if kids want to get onto that, there are places like this all over the country. Anywhere where there's manufacturing, there's places like my company that will hire you and teach you a trade. And that's how you can pay for paintball, you know. I've kind of worked my way up and didn't play for a while so I could accrue the amount of vacation that I have now so I can play, but you can do that too. All of, all of you can, you know, um, it doesn't have to be the traditional route that, you know, they've told, they've lied to us and said, you know, you need a college degree or you're going to be a loser. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just, it's, it, it sucks because that was the norm for such a long time and it, it worked. You know what I mean? Like people, college isn't for everybody, even now even trade school or two-year associates is for everybody, but, you know, people used to be able to go to a factory when they were like 18 and get a pension. I mean, we could talk about the good old days of, you know, American manufacturing and stuff like that for <laughs> a while. And, um, but the fact of the matter is, is, you know, there's, it's a super unforgiving sport and 
it's, it's unfortunate that there's not some kind of safety net that we try to put out there yeah. for kids to like, Hey, if you're going to play, you might want to do this too in the background, just in case or yeah. you know, whatever. But I, I, I digress. I'll get off the soapbox. I <laughs> have been dying to hear about everything you have behind you. So I need to hear about what you have. And then I have a question following that, if you please. Yeah. Which one do you want to see first? Which that, one do you want to start with? Supreme. Surprise me, buddy. Let me, let me you see want, what you got. Okay. So do you want to go through all? Um, you know what? Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, <laughs> That's a lot. That's not even all of them. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Show me what you use right now with Thunder Horse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You see that? Oh, nice yeah. Nice to see. I see the Adrenaline Lux mechanical frame. Yep. yep. Nice. This is the best mechanical gun I've ever shot. Okay. I've never, I've never broken a ball. I love it. Fair enough. Um, I, uh, I've always been a Lux guy. I'm very small. So I think like, I also have some Eclipse stuff. I love the Eclipse stuff, but the CS2 is just a little bit big for me. Um, and I hate to say it, but I'm, I think that Eclipse stole the Gamma Core. Cause if you look at this thing, it looks just like the bolt from my CS2. <laughs> I don't know how they get away with that, but whatever. It works great. So that's that's my favorite mechanical gun. This is what I used. I got this right when they came out. Um, I wasn't going to get this. I don't like buying stock guns because um, they don't hold their value. Um, so I only buy private label guns. I wasn't going to get a, new, a next gen Lux because I have a Lux X up there. Mm-hmm. And then I saw they came out and they called it the TM40. I was like, well... You know, and like I said, Tim was an old coach of mine. We still got in touch a lot. He had helped me out throughout all the years. I was like, I probably should get one of these just for the wall, you know. And then uh, I saw the adrenaline came out with one. I was like, well, there's my chance to get a non-stock body. And then I saw the price tag. Fuck, I'm not paying that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if you do the math, I got this from adrenaline. So this, I think this was, I don't remember. I think it was 1900, but a regular Lux is 1600, I think 15 or 1600. And then the yeah. mechanical frame is 300. So this same price, but now this sells for, I could probably get 3,500 bucks out of this. You know what I'm saying? So like, you know, I never, I never thought that I've never, I've never had a private label gun and I would, I would love to at one point in my life. Um, but I had never thought about it that way. As far as like, if you buy a private label, there's there's a, a better chance of it retaining value because, like you said, stock guns, you're not you're yeah, not keeping that. Yeah. So I'll br- that brings me into this next one. <clears throat> this is a Dynasty Scale Black CS1. Mm-hmm. I hated the CS1s. They're too big. They're too big for me. This gun's fucking sweet. It's got some of the coolest <laughs> milling I've ever seen. Yeah. This is my, it's funny, but this is my loaner gun. Like you said, with the Eclipse stuff, this always works. I don't have to do anything to it. It just works. Yeah. I bought yeah. this gun for 1200 bucks. I could sell it for 1500 Easy, easy right now. You can sell it for that much. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, man? Stop buying stock guns. Buy private label. Fair enough. Um, I see a lot. Of, is that a lot of WDP over there on your right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll grab this. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to grab the black one on top. That black one is my first electronic gun. I got it in 2000 when the LCD came out. But this is a pewter 2000 
dark LCD. Yep. Super sick. The old oh, Ed yeah. Corman special with the yeah. with the super <laughs> tall feed stack. Yep, I know. I like it. Two thousand one. Oh, Two thousand one. Pewter LCD Dark Angel. Which is weird because a lot of the milling on that for a 2001 LCD is looking a lot like an IR3. It does. Dude, this gun has never been shot. Oh, wow. I don't know if you will see it. Oh, my God. There's so much dust in there. I don't <laughs> it's know just smooth. It. Yeah. There's no, you can't see it. There's OG, no breach wear. It's never been shot. <laughs> you know? So I'm like torn. I was like, well, gun's meant to be shot, but this thing's, you know, 22 years old. Should I shoot it? I'm not going to ever shoot it. <laughs> yeah, I'm I've got a, uh, I can, there's only so much I can afford, uh, considering, you know, obviously my family size and what I do, but, uh, like I've got, I've got an OG like G tech in there and, oh, yeah. uh, it's got like less than 500 shots on it. And I like, I love the gun and I don't want to rack up the shot count on it, but at the same time, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's built to, it's built to be used, but I was like, it's I such know. a low shot count. Yeah. Hey, it's hard. It's like that double-edged sword. What do you do? Yep. Um, or, 2002 dark LCD computer. Yep. So I got 2000, 2001, 2002. This one's got an Enoch board in it, so I can actually use this in an X-ball term, and it can go 10.5 balls a second. This is probably my favorite LCD. Nice. Um, um, I got, yeah, I'm not going to show you that Black Angel. That's kind of lame. This, um, I don't know how much how familiar you are with Angels, but this was the last gen angel that came out this is an a1 fly i yeah. bought this stuff from bob castleberry he is the angel whisperer he runs the angel owners group and I actually met him when i was a little kid playing at great lakes paintball now he's the angel guru he said this is the cleanest black a1 fly in existence oh these guns are cool but they aim weird i think because of like up here it's kind of straight and then it goes down it feels like when you're pointing it, you have to aim it up. I don't like that. Weird. But it's nice and small and it's comfortable. Cool gun. And it, it, this might be the fastest shooting gun I have. And I have a couple of Intimidators, so that's saying something. Wow. Um, speaking of Intimidators, I'll show you the two Intimidators. Oh. <laughs> I love guns. I'm glad you like the gear stuff. People make fun of me because I got... You know, especially it's, not paintball people, they're like, why the fuck do you need 30 guns? Like, so, why the fuck do you need 10 pairs of shoes? This is what I like. Leave me alone. <laughs> Maddie, Maddie made a comment one time in, I think it was, I think it's the uh, the Planet Eclipse, like, uh, documentary they had or whatever. And he said, like, a lot of the sport is gear-driven, 100%. Yeah. And it's just, Dude, it's I love cool. it. Like, the, yeah. the guns are my favorite part. They really are. Um, but this, here. this is an all black dragon. This is just a gaster. This isn't this isn't uh period correct, but I actually built this gun. Yeah. Um, period I you correct. know, I said, listen to you, that's funny. <laughs> that's kind of dorky. It's good, um, it's good, it's perfect. But um, you know, I said earlier that I don't sell guns, I have sold guns. Um, and when I was a broke college kid and I needed money, I did sell a black fade to red dragon intimidator and I, it's the one gun that i wish i wouldn't have because it was a christmas present for my dad and so well, i just built one. just so you know the, the i couldn't find it the follow-up question after we get through with the roster is something i do ask a lot of people and it's a very paintball intrinsic question of which one 
got away? Like which gun do you wish you never got rid of? That was it, man. It was a black and red, a black and red fade dragon intimidator. And it was because it was a Christmas present. And it was from my dad. It, it sucks not having that. Um, I loved that gun so much when I pulled it out. You know, those came with chrome parts. I wore like those winter gloves, like the cloth gloves, because I didn't want to get fingerprints on it. <laughs> <laughs> that's how much I loved it. You get blasted, um, no problem, but fingerprints, that's a no go. Got it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm seeing then, oh, G6. G6R. Yep. Black Dragon. Again, I could sell this gun for more than I paid for it. I'm interested to see what the next iteration of those are going to be. Every one of these guns that I have still, I can sell for more than I paid for it. Yeah, I know Yosh was just talking about how they're making a new one. I think I paid Yeah, I'd like to see that. Um, You know, and this was a great gun. I don't, it's not the most accurate gun. I don't know why. It's probably because you have to dope the regs perfectly. I don't. I didn't do that. <laughs> so it's not real accurate. Uh, so the ball, everybody the keeps quality is low and consistent. Yeah, everybody keeps bugging uh, Jack about making that um, that LV, what is it, the LV3 or whatever. LV2. But, or, LV2. Yeah, sorry, the LV2s. Yeah, everybody wants an LV2, yeah. but we've had LV2s this entire time. It's just in the form of a G6R. And um, I can't think <laughs> of what the, I can't think of what the MacDev was. The MacDev, they had a... Uh, the Cyborg. They had a, yeah, the, they had a hoseless uh stacked to pop it nice yep, cyborg i like mac dev, mac dev guns a lot man they shoot great speaking of mac dev guns <laughs> this might be the straightest shooting gun i have um it's not a private mill but you see it's got that fire anno on it yeah this thing shoots it's a clone gti um i think it was the the last the last MacDev gun the Russian shot. Um, this thing, like I said, this is probably one of the best shooting guns I have. But dude, this bolt, if you, it's got like 20 pieces on it. Like, I didn't want to take it apart because when I take it apart, I have to get the fucking manual out to put it back together. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an electrical engineer. That shouldn't happen. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> Regardless, great shooting gun. I, I, I do like the MacDev guns. I know they get a lot of slack. Um, and I'm, I'm honest, but I don't really like the new MacDev guns are too long. I'm small, so I don't like how big they are. I've heard, I've heard the quality control has always been pretty good with them. You know, the only company I haven't found that to be the case with is Eclipse. Everything you get from Eclipse is fucking awesome. But even my, my smart parts guns, smart parts guns are notoriously hit or miss. So like that Lux X I have. Yeah. Um, you're going to get done with this is, interview and you're going to be like, God damn it, I got to pull this stuff back on the wall. I don't know. I don't mind at all. Anytime <laughs> I talk about my, my prized possessions, I don't mind. Um, this Lux X is the best shooting gun I've ever shot. People hate it on the X. This gun feels like you're not, not shooting it um, up to whatever feet per second you need. It's so smooth. It's like, you're, it's like you pull the trigger and it doesn't feel like it's, it doesn't move at all, man. I don't know. I, it's a good one. You know, some X's are not good. You know, I've one. never this shot a Lux. Guy. Oh, what? You need to. They're my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> They're my favorite. Yeah, you're nice. Yep. Yep. So this is my best shooting electric gun. This shoots better in electric than my Adrenaline TM40. Oh, wow. So we're playing an MSXL event this year, X-Ball Electric. I will be using this. This is the best shooting gun I have. Nice. Um, 
Plus, I got a got what? How many cockers? I got three cockers. I got a CS2. I got a shocker. The shocker's pretty cool. I actually did a got the TM40 on there. What is that? An amp? This is an RSX. So I an bought RSX. this. Okay. Yeah. So this is the HK cut. I don't buy non-private label guns. Yep, yep, I know. Um, and it was cool because I actually I did my own milling on it. So I shaved a bunch of shit off here, took a bunch of stuff off the side, and then I had arc anodizing anodized, and I thought it turned out great. Arc does some good stuff for sure. Yeah, it's awesome. I wish I knew how to anodize. I really want to try it. It's a lot of science, though. I'm an engineer. I'm not really a scientist, so I'm not going to mess with that. <laughs> um, but I will say, um, Shocker RSX shred pain. I feel like we lost the image in 2019 because this gun wouldn't shoot straight. It couldn't get a ball out of the barrel. Just going to leave that out there. <laughs> um, what else? I got a... Uh, like you said, you're a copper guy, right? Uh, I am not. So I have, I've shot them. I've had them. I own one right now. That's right. Um, you don't like tinkering with them. I don't have the time to tinker with them. They're a pain in the ass, man. But they shoot really straight. So. Oh, for sure. This is a. Yeah. What is that? This is a cold fusion autocopter. This is one of Caesar Pizzo's old mills. Okay. Um, yep. I remember I, that cut. I have, uh, I have the free flow die reflex frame on that. Where did you get I that? that? I got it from Free Flow. They sold out in five minutes. <laughs> I've got a I've got a buddy that's still waiting on his Free Flow and yeah, uh, yeah. his reflex, and he's not super stoked about the, the wait time. Dude, that's what you get with custom guns, man. I mean, uh, I mean, it is a custom gun mid COVID, so I do know that you know. Hats off to to buddy to driving. I don't know if you knew that he drove like. An entire batch drove him in the back of his car down to Texas. I was talking to him you, when we were in Chicago. I was talking to him about it, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna leave here. I'm gonna go throw a bunch of this shit in the back of my car. I'm gonna drive it down the anodizer." So people are getting respect, lost. Buddy. He's a good dude. Yeah, um, he actually coached the um, when I was playing Division One Seven Man with Titman. He was coaching the Division Two or Three X Ball Titman. So I never got to play with Buddy, but he was part of the Dittman family. Um, great guy. And, dude, man, his stuff is awesome. Like, this frame, I can – I don't have, like, a, a, a nice Virtue Chrono, so I don't know how fast I can shoot this, but it, it sounds fast. <laughs> you're going <laughs> you know? to hate know. it for saying that. I can I can shoot a slide frame, but I can shoot uh, a hinge frame faster. Cause this I'm, actually came with a hinge frame, but I don't like the way they look. They're ugly. Uh, it depends on BGP one. That one's just hideous. Yeah. Well, I mean, it could be worse. It could be the OG shock tech ones. You're right. That was the worst one, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> it was. Absolutely. I think, I think uh, War Games came out with something that was like, hey, guys, this isn't the prettiest, but it's definitely not the ugliest. Yeah. It worked. You know, it now, worked like, the, like the original like Eclipse hinge frames. I could shoot those things beautiful. so freaking fast. They were they looked amazing. They were fast. They were yeah. awesome. I'm sure finding parts for them is still next to impossible. Yeah. I think, yeah, man, Eclipse and Eclipse and Smart Parts, man, I think they're the two to push the envelope the most. I think historically Smart Parts has been the most, um, uh, I don't know, cutting edge technology. But recently I'd say, I mean, every company on the, on, in the market is copying Eclipse. 
all of the new bolts look like the gamma core. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, they work all the time. They shoot great. They're super air efficient. And the EMEC, I think, is the most important gun to ever be invented by a paintball manufacturer. So I, I knew whenever I got back into the sport, I was like, at some point, I knew the technology was going to catch up to manufacturing where you weren't going to have to spend thousands of dollars to have a gun that was competitive. Like mm -hmm. the last time you saw a gun that was that competitive for the price point is when Spider came out, like in 94. Mm -hmm. And then look at what happened to them. Right? Yep. Yeah, that was, the first, that was the yeah. first time. So here's my, hopefully, here's my $2,000 HK Army CS2. Yep. Let's take a look at this bolt. Okay, that's the Gamma Core Pro. Yep. Right? Now let's take a look at this EMEC. Oh, come on. Let me pull up my other one. <laughs> I, I guess my point will be, you pull out the bolt, if I can get it. Let me see. I have two Emacs. Um, the bolts are the same. Yeah, I've got I've got two Emacs as well. And a lot of the a lot of the parts are interchangeable throughout a bunch of the guns. Yep. So like your your can on your on like an OG D, uh, OG G Tech is the same can that you're gonna have on a on an Emac. So I got this, this one's cool too because you know they come with a plastic body. Yep. I actually took a, a Dremel and some sandpaper and a bandsaw and cut this up and spray painted it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it looks pretty good, right? I think Simon's been doing a fantastic job with all of his fighter stuff for for yeah. his. That dude definitely hit the uh, hit the nail right on the head whenever he started coming out with stuff. Yep. So, a lot of. Are you telling me there's a, a eighteen hundred dollar difference? Uh, oh, I was for the performance. No, you're you're one million percent paying for. Come on, look at that! It's the same thing. It's yeah, the same. You're one million percent paying for all the all the extra stuff, just not the performance. Yeah, dude, I'm bougie. I like the nice stuff, but like this, I can shoot this faster than my CS2. It's just as air efficient. The bolt's the same. Yep. Why would you? If I wasn't fucking crazy, like why would you buy a CS2? It's the same thing. <laughs> so whenever I whenever I play with electronic, my workhorse is an ETA2, just because like whenever yeah. I was looking at everything that was to buy, I was like, it has all the same parts. It does what it needs to. I was like, once you set the board, like you just turn it on. Like you don't have to see like the shot counter or anything like that. Yeah. Turn it on and go play. Hey man, I mean this has some bells and whistles, you know. Like I said, I'm a little bougie with my guns. I don't want the, the plastic on the gun. Yeah. But even this, like, they're plastic, you know. They're... So don't don't get me wrong. Like, just because <laughs> just because I'm driving like a Ford Escape doesn't mean I don't want to drive a G wagon. Okay. I'm gonna make that. <laughs> right. I'm gonna put that out yeah. there. Like, it's right. nice, but yeah. it still gets you from point A to point B. Yeah, man. Like, if I were ever played by an Eclipse sponsored team, I'd shoot this over my Emac. Oh, for sure. So I don't really have a, a, a reasonable reason why. This is the same. <laughs> Maybe this is just a little bit smaller. I'm small. I like it small. That would be my only reason. But like if you're, hell, if you're a tournament player that plays, you know, uh, X-Ball, you need a mech gun, don't buy one of these. Don't even buy a, a, a frame. Go buy one of these. Yeah. It's better. The entire gun <laughs> is almost the same price as a frame, Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think they've increased the price since they came out, but weren't those like 200 bucks when they came out? I think they were like 250 or something like that. But to be <laughs> fair, like Jack's been doing an amazing job engineering this stuff the last few years. He is. He's he's one of my idols. You know, I, I am an engineer. Jack is brilliant, you know. Uh, there's a couple great paintball engineers that you know of, you know, Jack Woods, Simon Stevens. Do you hear of anything else? I guess Bob Long, but I th- is Bob Long really an engineer? Did he? I make mean, that I've been around long enough to say that that Bud Orr and Tom K were were up there as far as engineers go. More yeah. so Tom K. I'm a yeah, I'm an electrical engineer though, so those are mechanical guns. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm, this is this is a classic podcast, so I'm right, definitely yeah, yeah, reaching yeah. back in the day, but. Yeah, you're totally right. Um, and the autococker, huh? yeah, you can't. I mean, what did they have before it? The sniper. I mean, nothing compares, R- right? So, like, people are still using the autococker 20 years later, and like this cold fusion cocker I got. Mm-hmm. This this will hang. I mean, it's heavy, but that's it. It shoots. It cocker shoots straighter than open bolt guns. They just do. They're a little bit harder on pain. I'm gonna. It, it may be, some people may argue that it's subjective, but uh, um, any day of the week, anybody who's been playing long enough would be like, there's just something about a cocker. You know what I mean? There is. You're absolutely right. Yeah, there is. And, you know, I just, they're just not quite brittle in the, or gentle enough on paint. That would be my only harp on these. Um, and they're not, I mean, dude, like my Lux, I can shoot, I can shoot my pack dry. I carry a five plus four plus two. So I'm shooting 11 pods on a 68. If it gets more efficient, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you know, like, to the <laughs> point where, like, at some I don't point, care. we're like, we're, we're getting in the weeds here. Just let me go play. Yeah, yeah. You just bragging and showing off, you flexing. I mean, there's no reason to get any more efficient. Now, I'm a, a two, a one, two, but like 11 pods, man. Like, I can't carry more. What are you going to do? You're going to start cutting <laughs> your straps and carrying like 15, 16. Well, you, I mean, I'm, I've been playing long enough to remember whenever they used to take two 140s, flip them over, and tape them together. And that yep. was the football. The football. And, yeah. Yeah. The football. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dino, Dino Yario on Aftershock hauling ass towards the 50 with like a two pack, a, a two place, a unique, uh, unique, uh, damn it. What was the name of that company? Unique Sports, unique. I'm trying to remember. It's like what everybody used to wear, but they made like bomb proof packs like long before anybody else. Like the, just the quality of the material is amazing. But uh, I remember the first the first revolutionary pack I remember was the Reds pack. And then I remember uh, I mean, Greg knocked it out of the park whenever he came out with those things. Yeah. But I, yeah, they, they just I think they were the first one I saw with like a belt with the, the multiple straps and like you're using a lifting belt. Yeah, yeah. Before that, I think like what Renegade everybody was doing was they had like the two part straps and somehow they thought that was what like the greatest thing ever was. And then Greg's like, why aren't we using a weight belt like everybody else? Like, let's try that. And that's now like the industry standard. But um, yeah, like Dino from from Aftershock used to have like a two or three place pack and then he'd have like a football and like any videos I've ever seen him in is just cannonballing into like the 50 yard line with like this with the, with the football and like a tiny pack. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a different game back then. It's funny. <laughs> uh, okay, well, uh, what are you, you got? Any future plans? Is it just uh, gonna roll with uh, you gonna roll with uh, Thunder Horse right now, and then you guys gonna do anything else after that, or what's up? I, I'll probably die with Thunder Horse. Uh, you know, I've tried handing the team ownership off to other players, <laughs> other people, and it just doesn't work. Um, and you know, 
jumping back into the timeline a little bit. In 2013, I was running the Tipman team, which Thunder Horse is mostly that team that we won with. Yeah. Um, I I had, like I said, I had to take some time off to get my, my shit together and get, like, my career set. Mm-hmm. So I did. And so we go from the world champs winning the NPPL Las Vegas World Championship to not winning a single game that next year without me. So there's something about like the leadership and like what I bring to, to these guys and keeping these guys together. They give me as much as I give them. I can't ever leave them, you know, and I don't want to, they're my best friends. I've been playing with most of them for 20 years. Um, that being said last year, it was, uh, I think only four guys left from my original roster and I brought in completely new guys. Um, and I think last year was our best year ever. That's pretty good uh, being able to keep that kind of a roster together, man. Make, playing 10 man is keeping 10 dudes together to show up at the same oh, event is tough. I played with three different guys. teams at three different events last year. 10 guys, and it's and paintball players are the worst. They're <laughs> not very dependable. Yeah. Um, but now, and you know, I don't really have to worry about my guys because I, I keep these guys around because they're my friends, because they're dependable. If they let me down, they're not just letting their team captain down. They're letting down their friends. And I feel like that's more important. I try to be these guys' friends first, you know. <clears throat> and they are. They're, they're my friends. Um, but, yeah, last year we got – we played three events. We lost to Smoke in the finals at Maryland, which gave us sixth place. If we would have beat Smoke, we would have moved on. We beat the All-Americans, too. So we were one and one in the semis. Smoke just had more points to move on. Um, Iron City, we got ninth again, or the year prior, we got sixth. This year, in Iron City, we got ninth. So we made it past the first set of prelims or first set of finals into the second set. We get our shit stomped by Infamous. No excuses. Infamous is fucking good at 10, man. They just beat the snot <laughs> out of us. <laughs> yeah. And then in Chicago, we uh, went undefeated, um, beat the crap out of everybody every game, and we got second place even though we're undefeated. That doesn't sound very fair, does it? It's it's old school 10, man, dude. It's it, The points man. is how it stacks up, I know. Yeah, so we lost. There's, the there's been We all know that there's been more than one controversy about points and people getting first place and second place. Yeah, yeah. So we've talked a little bit about Smoke. They're, my, they're our practice partners. Anthony is one of my favorite people. Danny Manning is one of my favorite people. Cody Schmidt plays on smoke. Carl plays on smoke. These are my friends. The thing that hurt most about Chicago, they told us we won. We need, they smoke beat us by one point. The final ruling on the field was Thunder Horse six, smoke four. So we won the tournament. We're celebrating, you know, and then, uh, I don't know, behind closed doors, they decide that somehow the game was six to six. I'm not sure how they came to that conclusion. Thunder Horse wasn't present when they came to that conclusion, so I don't agree with that decision. Granted, I don't think either team deserved to win. It was a fucking stalemate in the woods. Was, was that dude involved that. in any in decision making there, that guy? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. It could have been. I think it might I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it's a funny sticker. I can't say shit because that dude's trying to hold together yeah. too. He's he's like the I like he, he gets a bad rap because he's just the face, you know. Uh, yeah. I think he's doing great things. I think yeah, he's he's gave me the ICPL. I love the ICPL. I, thank you. Thank you for doing that. I mean, I'm sure it's not that profitable to do the ICPL. It's just kind of like a gateway back into um, NXL. But 
one thing I will say, I don't like that they're changing ICPL this year. They're making it an extra day. Did you know that? So now we're playing Friday, Saturday, prelims on Friday and Saturday, and finals on Sunday. That means I need to walk the fields Thursday, play Friday and Saturday, and, you know, I take a day off before and after every event, so I have to basically take a week off every event. Yeah, I thought that it was just five-man on Fridays like, like normal. Yep, not anymore, buddy. <laughs> like last Which year to me stopped. was the perfect year because you had two events. That's all you had to worry about being at. Yep. And it was you played Saturday, Sunday, and that was it. Yep. Yep. And that's what I loved about it, man. I mean, I wish that was the I mean, you know, I have a ton of vacation, but I can't be taking a week off every event, you know. That's that's a lot. And we play other stuff too. You know, I'm playing the MSXL and all these local tournaments and Maybe play some NXL. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> you know, a series I'd like to see a lot more of is PBSL. You ever heard of that? Nope. So it's a series out of California. They've got a, they've got like a little bit of a branch like down in Florida and like some in Colorado and stuff like that. It's a street ball style event. You just show up. Everybody's name goes into a hat. They draw it out, and they're four man teams. And I don't know how they've because I know that they've done like some ten man PBSLs. I don't know how they did that. And uh, I don't know how they do with uh, electronic guns, but I do know that typically everything that I've ever seen PBSL is the four man street ball style. And it's either a mechanical, it's a gravity fed hopper. And it's, I mean, you can shoot gravity or you can shoot pump mechanical, or I think like 5.5 electronic or whatever, but everybody has, everybody is capped at whatever gravity can give you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Gravity Fed Hopper won't shoot that fast, you know, and you're jamming all the time. So, yeah, that's kind of But then cool. it's also, to me, the, the the street ball thing is, like, back in the day, you could, if you just showed up at some point, you're going to get a chance to play. Like, if you try to get spins now and you're not doing X-ball, man, it's rough. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, I'm not a fan of the street ball style stuff. <clears throat> I like to play with my guys. I played a tournament without Jesse this last weekend. I didn't like it. He watches my back. I don't like it. I, I want him there with me. I want my guys with me. Paintball is such a team-oriented sport, and I've been playing with my guys for so long. It doesn't feel right, and I get I get lost almost without them. You know what I mean? I guess for me, I'm, I'm coming from a place where it's it's really hard to get spins, and there's only a certain sure. type of format that's yeah. played in my local area, so it's tough. Yeah. If, if I don't want to drive four hours on North Carolina, it's tough for me to try to – try to get in anywhere but it is what it is yeah. now i guess i feel for you man i'm i'm fortunate now i live 15 minutes from level up paintball i've never been close to a field in my entire life at least where good people played you know I've, i drove to michigan before i could drive that's three and a half hours mm-hmm. um now level up <clears throat> has a good pro team uh some of the top uh divisional competition on the planet you know so and Dave Pando, the owner of Level Up, has given me permission to have a mech day once a month at Level nice. Up. We're, oh, we're taking over nice. his uh, his uh, mounds field and his hyperball field. And I'm going to put it together where anybody can come. If you don't have a team, I will set you up with a team. If you have a couple of guys, I will put you with more couple of guys. So I'm really trying to use my mech days as a place where anybody can play, you know, mechanical ball is a great place for people trying to look to get into tournament paintball and people 
like me who are maybe a little too old to play X-Ball. I guess you know what I mean? that's what I'd like to see more of because I've got like Brawl is right in my backyard as far as the semi-pro team goes. And so it's those guys handing out ass weapons left and right to all the other teams that are just trying to be as good as they mm-hmm. are in the local area. And then I've got NR, yeah. which is north of me, and then Route 40 where all the image guys are at. But that's also a huck to get up there. So yeah. kind of between a rock and a hard place here. But still, mm-hmm. I guess maybe I should probably put things in perspective because it's not four hours down in North Carolina. So. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong, man. These teams that I put together for these mech days, I'm going to come kick the shit out of them. But they're <laughs> going to get better because yeah. I'm doing that. You know, I talked about that a little bit earlier. Like my first times playing, I got my shit stomped. That's how you get good. You're not going to be a good paintball player unless you get beat up for a long time. One, and eventually, one of two ways. Not- you, either, you either get your ass kicked and you put in the time or you go to like a clinic. And save yourself some time and get some pointers and take that back and yeah. maybe get a little bit less yeah. ass kicking. Sure. Yeah, man. Um, and I, I think you still need the ass kicking. Um, but I mean, at these things, you know, I, I, I help coach too. Uh, I've taken some guys on my team now, Thunder Horse, who weren't very good when I picked them up. Brian Hutchinson, he's my number one snake player. This dude kind of just helped us out when we were playing as fusion i was like hey man i just need a guy you might not play just come show up he was a physically fit monster and that was about it he didn't really have very good gun skills man that was a year and a half though this dude might be the best guy on my team now like he just needed a little direction he had the physical down he's got a great attitude he just needed to show showing the way so I'm hoping with these mech days, I can do that with more people rather than just my own guys. Is it level or is it energy or one of the, one of the lower tier up and coming teams had a snake player that was playing like division four, eight months ago. And now he's like a pro player. I'm trying Mm -hmm. to remember which player, which, uh, which team it is. Somebody was talking about him, but it it um, wasn't level level snake players, Danny Schoenauer. And he's a fucking savage. Um, I've, I've been playing against him for a long time. He's been playing Division One for a long time, and now he's finally on the pro stage getting the recognition he deserves. Obviously, you can see it. He got nominated for Snake Player of the Year. Just to be in that talk with Alex Goldman is crazy, you know? Yeah. Okay. It's been, a, it's been a long evening, and we got families we got to get back to. Uh, last, last two questions I guess I got for you is, where did you get the name Thunder Horse? Um, you, it's hard coming up with a name. Um, I had three in my head. I didn't want it to be Leviathan, which I think is awesome, but people are dumb and they don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I wanted to do Dreadnought, which I thought was awesome, but same reason. People are dumb. They don't know what that is. Um, and then Thunder Horse just came out of me listening to my iPod trying to think of a name, and that stupid Death Clock song came on Thunder Horse. <laughs> and that's where that came from. <laughs> that's it really makes me it. think of uh, when I was on deployment in the Middle East, they've actually got an energy drink called Power Horse. I don't know if you can see that or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It makes yeah. it makes me think of that every time I see you guys uh, on a roster or anywhere. Yeah. It doesn't have a lot of meaning, but I feel like we're making a pretty good name for ourselves. You know, we do well at almost every tournament we play. And I like to think we're not assholes. So I think that goes a long way too. I think uh yeah, I, I enjoy it when people are uh, a little bit less douchey whenever you go to go to the events. Yeah, 
yeah be nice to, to everybody we're all there for the same reason you're you're not better or worse than anybody you know like yeah, when you're when I, you're on this side of the tape and you take the mask off you know be yeah, a little bit less douchey yeah. if you could you know absolutely you know things get heated on the field that happens that's fine yeah, it's a field. that's how it is yep yep uh, all right. Well, that brings you to the last question. Uh, shout outs, man. Shout outs to sponsors, to people, to this is your moment to just put it all out there. I don't have any sponsors. Sponsors, give me money. Somebody. <laughs> right. Let's see if we can get yeah, a, man, a, we... a Thunder Horse private label anything, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually did have some shockers made back when Tim was alive. He helped me out, but sadly he is gone now and I have no one inside connects with smart parts. So I still shoot my Luxes, but, uh, Shout outs go like Dave letting me have a mech day once a month. He's really, I mean, he's not even really a sponsor. He's just the biggest supporter I have because he allows, he gives me the tools to do so. You know, like I said, we're going to do those mech days once a month. I'll, I'll put out some flyers on the Thunder Horse page. I'm sure Dave will, will, will do it. You know, Dave's a true paintball patron. Um, him allowing me to take over two of his most popular fields on a rec day. I mean, you can't ask for more than that, man. I'm taking. It's a big I'm ask. For sure. I'm taking money out of his pocket. You know, like rec ball is where the money is, and I'm taking his most popular fields where they shoot the most bacon. So thank you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Dave, for letting me be an asshole. Um, aside from that, man, thanks. Thank you, my teammates. Thank you, Jesse, for sticking with me for well, whatever 25 years we've been doing it. Ben, same thing. JB, I'm gonna shoot you next time we play. Um, googly, stay <laughs> googly. All, all my dudes, Pudge, keep it up. Um, yeah, I'm so proud of this team and what we built, and I can't wait to see what happens this year. I'm, I'm, I, if anything short of winning every tournament we play is not going to be good enough. Fair enough, man. It's a good goal. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for taking the time to talk. Um, stick around after this. We can have a little bit more of a conversation. But aside from that, sure. again, thanks for taking the time, man. I appreciate it. And I'm absolutely loving this whole revolution. Uh, I like talking about – you know, like old school paintball and stuff like that. I got a couple of guys yeah. I've tried to talk to and still haven't gotten back to me. I reached out to O Pollock and uh, yeah. uh, some of the older guys, but they have yet to still get back to me. That's a different story. Sure. But uh, definitely digging the uh, the mechanical and the 10 man, the way the way that oh, yeah. uh, you yeah. know, we grew up into. But uh, sure. Yeah, man, uh, for sure. Thanks for taking the time. And uh, I look forward to seeing you at the, at the Maryland event. Yep, we'll be at Maryland anytime, buddy. Cool, man. Stick around after this and we'll uh, have, a, have a couple more. <laughs> Great. All right, guys. Uh, it's another episode of uh, Relic Classic Paintball Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I uh, hope you enjoyed uh, some of the shenanigans that Andy had to share uh, as much as I did. Uh, definitely got a kick out of it. Uh, if you'd like to continue uh, enjoying some of these episodes, uh, feel free to buy me a cup of coffee. Uh, I have actually joined buy me a cup of coffee dot com. You can uh, search Relic Classic Paintball Podcast in their search query. And uh, if you see me and feel like uh, sharing enough to get a cup of coffee, feel free. Uh, it's a liberal love, uh, but every little every little bit goes a long way. Uh, this is the last audio only episode. I uh, just interviewed uh, Nick Wyrick of Timid Effect and Thunder Horse, so stay tuned. That'll be showing up on uh, YouTube as well as um, your favorite uh, podcast websites here pretty soon. And uh, I've got a couple, uh, i got a few more, uh, actually got a lot more uh, people in the queue uh, 
waiting to uh, waiting to hear their stories. So I uh, hope you enjoyed yourself. This is Relic Classic Paintball Podcast, and uh, stay tuned. Today's episode is brought to you by Paintball Central, the Carolina's premier paintball parks. Located in Greensboro, Charlotte, and Greenville. Look no further for your next corporate outing, birthday party, or weekend rec mall fix. Paintball Central has some of the best stocked pro shops and staff in the country, as well as hosts three, five, and ten-man competition series from the CFOA, URPL, and CPSL for tournament veterans and tournament rookies alike. Check out P-Ball Central, that's P-B-A-L-L Central, com for more info. This has been another episode of Relic Classic Paintball Podcast. I'm your host, Tori Shrum. Thank you for listening. Look for more episodes in the future, and Godspeed. <laughs>